The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Welcome to Spirit of Recovery Offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery Here's Rev. Dan Beckett Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We are glad you're with us today. I am Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. Facebook users, you can send us your questions and comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the Send Message button right below the banner. Be assured that your anonymity will always be respected, so please let us know what's on your mind. We'd really love to hear from you. Today's show is titled, Opinions? Yeah, we have those. There's so many questions in the world, and many times we have opinions on all of them. We may even find ourselves tied up in knots over conflicting ideas that really have very little to do with our daily lives. How do we regain our serenity? Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on the value of maintaining a neutral stance, moving toward peace. So we want to share with you what we were like before, what happened, and what we are like now, along with a spiritual tool or principle that helped guide us through the tough times. We certainly hope you will find something in our experience that will be helpful to you in your own recovery. So today we'll be talking about moving from strife, a a feeling of strife, towards more peace. And it's going to be through the principle of Non-resistance. Let's just say the spiritual practice of non-resistance. Strife, eh? <laughs> you you know, I think about strife. Strife. I mean, for me, the you know the world is kind of nuts. I think that's always been true, but maybe I'm noticing it more, and it gets a little nuts in different ways, and sometimes it's louder than other times but when i think about what does strife mean you know and i instantly consider all the personal stress that comes from it um basically it's you know it's reminding me of uh some like need to fix things right you see i always use driving and traffic examples because we all have those experiences It's like somebody does something, and it might not even be like illegal or whatever, but maybe it's not what I would have done. 
Right. And you know how I, I can sit there thinking, and I try to stay out of this space, but sometimes it just pops in my head. Uh, hello, you could have gone twice. What are you doing? I mean, you, you know, don't actually they're... say that out loud because I do. <laughs> I try not to. Oh, I have plenty to say out loud when I'm in the car. You know, it's at, uh, at, at church, I sometimes like to advise us all to tip like a drunken sailor. Well, I swear like a, a sailor uh, when I'm in the car from time to time. Or I hope nobody listens to me when I play video games because I don't hold back. I'm like, hey, man, this is part of my uh, emotional development here. Leave me alone. Gotta have, have an outlet. I have more than a few things to say to those blankety blanks that just tried to kill me in yeah. the video game. But, you know, strife in the world, it, it's everywhere. So when, when we ask, like, what, what is my experience of strife? Uh, it's, it's, it can be everything, yep. you know, but it's, it's always outside stuff. I guess that's yep. what I'm coming to. It's outside stuff. Yeah, I mean, as you're sharing this, I'm thinking, like, I can, I can get upset about a lot of things. I mean, I could go through the whole day just getting pretty much irritated with everything. And sometimes I, I catch myself saying for, like, the umpteenth time in one day, you know, that's so irritating. Like, always using that word irritating. I'm like, why am I irritated by everything? And, you know... It, it seems like, I mean, certainly there are a lot of things. I don't know what it is about being in the car. That seems to be like the primo <laughs> example. You know, it's so funny. You come from a meeting or church or something where you're all in this spiritual place and you're not a half a block down. I'm not a half a block down the road before right. I'm irritated by everyone and everything. And so, you know, I, okay, so before I learned all these spiritual principles, I thought that that was just a totally normal way to be because there's irritating things out there. So I thought my, you know, chronic irritation was totally justified. This is a growing edge for me, Dan. I'm not going to act like I'm, you know, oh, that's how I used to be. <laughs> and what I'm but like now, now is like just total Dalai Lama all day long. No, but at least now I kind of get it. Like I, I understand that that's, it's, it's largely not entirely, but largely my choice to go around being irritated by everything. And, you know, sometimes my husband will like, just look at me like what, you know, let it go, baby, let it go. And it's like, oh yeah. And, and that's when I have that moment where I realize I have a choice. I have a choice to let every single thing irritate me or to let it go. Now I'm not saying it when I say we, I have a choice, I'm not saying it's easy because it's not easy, but like that idea that, it's not that the world is irritating me. It's that I'm allowing myself to be irritated by the world. Yeah, yeah. And that's a huge spiritual leap. Like I said, it doesn't mean I've mastered it, but when I get reminded by my husband or by a sermon or by something I read, then it's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It, it's not them. They are always going to be out there doing things. The world is always going to be out there potentially irritating me i'm the one that has to choose whether to allow myself to get irritated by it or not yeah i heard a guy once say life just keeps lifing on me it just keeps right? lifing. It just does Life. what it does and yeah i mean i'm with you it's i don't have any control over what other people do i only have and i i like to add i have the possibility of control over the way i respond yeah. i would never want to imply that it's 
you know, as, as easy as picking a color from a color swatch. It's not. <laughs> I've had to put a lot of time into learning how to develop the ability to have a choice um, because just, you know, just like I uh, have been addicted to alcohol and my, my working definition of addiction is I had lost the power to choose. Right. Right. And so it's the same with getting irritated at the world or what we're calling strife yes. in the world um, uh, in that if I don't have the power to choose not to get upset, then I have an addiction dynamic yes. going on here. Yes. But I can use spiritual principles, right, that we know that we learn, you and I, both in uh, recovery community, but also, in, of course, in the unity movement. And there's a lot of overlap there, which is yeah. why we're doing this show. Yeah. Um, I can apply and practice those principles and begin to regain the power to choose. Yes. And so um, in that way, you know, it's like recovery from a, addiction to why doesn't everyone just do things the way I think <laughs> they should be done? You know, that's kind of an addiction in a way. Or it said they obviously didn't get the memo yeah. from the king of the universe. They didn't Moi. get the Michelle plan. <laughs> no. What are, what are they doing? This is not how we drive people. Don't you know that? Or I had a guy in church share with me. We were talking about this kind of thing. He's like, yeah, on the highway, anyone driving faster than me is a maniac, slower than me is an idiot. Because clearly, <laughs> I have defined the optimal driving speed. And if everyone would just get on the program. Except I need you to do it 10 car lengths ahead of me yeah. or 10 car lengths behind me. Yeah. And then everything would be fine. Yeah. Isn't that I mean ridiculous? The thing is, is there are a lot of bad drivers out there. There really are. I mean, I see it all the time, but they're not going to change, you know, and I think you like totally busted me. I feel busted <laughs> when you said, you know, that it's an addiction. So I'm addicted to that. Whatever it is that happens chemically in my body when I get upset about something and I start in with my, you know, self-righteous indignation. And I think That's there's a little, exact. yeah, there's a little chemical <laughs> jolt that I get from that, you know? And um, you're right that there isn't, because of our addictive, na our addictive nature, there isn't always a choice. Sometimes we're off and running in our reactions before we even have a chance to realize it, you know. But it, it, so much of recovery and spiritual growth, for me, has come down to awareness. Doesn't mean I don't do those things anymore, but now I have the, <laughs> now I have the great fortune to be aware of the things I do. <laughs> But then there sometimes is that split second where there's a choice and that's where our power comes back is just having the awareness and having the choice. And like you said, this is a muscle that we develop, that we strengthen, the letting go muscle, letting it go. You know, it's like, OK, so when I do something like that, I have to look at for me, what is the payoff? What is the payoff for me of getting all upset? Well, the self-righteous indignation, right? I get to feel like I'm holier than thou because I would never do those egregious things that those other people on the road are doing. And I get to have that little jolt and I get to feel all, you know, like I'm superior and wonderful. So that's the payoff. And the addiction is to the payoff, right? Yeah. So the question is, would I rather feel you know, holier than thou, or would I rather have peace? And I'm not going to tell you that the answer to that question is always peace, but I want it to yeah. be the answer more and more of the time, 
you know, especially as I get older, it's like, why am I? And when I, when I start to look at how much energy I expend, that could be, you know, we were just talking before the show about, you know, being in our, our fifties and how we don't have the same energy we had 20 years ago. And it's like, do I want to spend a whole bunch? Like if I just have this energy sort of jar for the day, am I going to waste half of it? getting upset over somebody on the road, it's just not worth it. So I've yeah, got to have time for that. Got to begin to protect my own peace and peace of mind and, and well-being, you know? Yeah, it's tough. I love that question. I think it's a great, it has for me been a great guiding question. Do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? That's the way I'd heard it put. One of the best responses <laughs> I heard, and I, you know, this is of course a very silly thing, but being right makes me happy. Is happy. <laughs> <laughs> that's like obvious but it's like a litmus test a litmus test kind of question and it's not always that easy but at the end of the day it kind of is i mean if i can apply spiritual principles and practice these things then i can develop and strengthen the ability to choose and then i can decide does you know how important is this really does this really matter uh, what's going on and awareness you said yeah awareness is of course always step one i can still be in it but when i become aware of it now the door has started to open maybe just a crack maybe i maybe i still have the behavior but i know like for example getting sober uh, gaining an awareness of the uh, the degree to which i was drinking was step one. Now I had that awareness for a good long time before I ever did anything (laughs) about it, but there was an even longer time before that where there was no awareness that there might be something amiss here. So, yeah. Awareness is really the key. And then, you know, also redefining happy. What does happy mean? Does happy mean I get to feel holier than thou or does happy mean peace? Right. Serenity. Serenity. My working, drawing directly from, recovery programs well let's shift gears uh talked a lot about what we're calling strife you know getting all wound up about what (laughs) it's always other right what's (laughs) happening in the world what are they saying on the news what is that other driver doing it's all always that kind of stuff but we want to move out of that and into the solution so what are we proposing today as a solution Well, in unity, we affirm that all of life is governed by spiritual principles. And the spiritual principle that we found helpful in moving out of that place of being in strife and moving into more peace is the what we're going to call the spiritual practice of non-resistance. Yeah, and that is uh, not even a stretch to call that a spiritual practice, I believe, or principle. Uh, but what do we mean by that, uh, you know, you and I and others listening, we didn't get clean and sober to be the world's doormat, right? Right. So is that what we're saying? No, of course not. So what might non-resistance mean for us? Understanding it does not mean that we're meant to be a doormat. Yes, exactly. So th- I preach a lot about this very topic because, um, so another way of, of saying this spiritual practice of non-resistance is practicing acceptance. And as we know, acceptance is a big deal in recovery. We have our, I was saying it was page 449, but apparently in the more recent uh, edition of the big book, it is on page 417, the passage about acceptance. When I'm upset about something, when I'm, you know, not 
peaceful and not happy, it's because there's something in my life that I'm not accepting. And I can find no peace until I have accepted whatever that thing is, person, place, or thing, as being exactly the way it is supposed to be in this moment. Okay, now for me, the key phrase there is in this moment. Doesn't mean I'm accepting it's always going to be like that. Doesn't mean I'm complacent or complicit or a doormat. It doesn't mean we don't work to change the things that need to be changed. It means that I'm accepting that that's how it is right now. And this is really tricky, Dan. I mean, I still struggle with the nuance between that um, because it really doesn't mean, you know, just Zen out all the time and not care what anything is because it's all, I mean, it's not what it is. It's a deep spiritual principle that I still grapple with, you know, of what it means to accept. And I've grown a lot in this through my meditation practice. And um, because in my meditation, I practice for those 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever it is, minutes, I practice letting things be just as they are in that moment. And we'll expand more on that, but that's what I'm going to say for now. Yes. I like that. What does non-resistance mean to me? Well, uh, I was going to say the first thing, but about eight things come to mind, but I'll pick one. Um, As you were sharing, I'm remembering the serenity prayer, Mm -hmm. which is really a blueprint for this. Uh, When it it says, um, grant me the serenity to accept that which I cannot control. Okay, so that includes for me, whatever, whoever is saying on like television news. I actually don't watch television news anymore for this very, for lots of reasons, including this. I can't say it's only for this reason, but don't get me started on that because, you know, any kind of media is a, um, it's a, it's a curated narrative, Right. right? It's not an accident. The things that, that whatever that channel is, we'll say, uh, is presenting, it's not an accident. It's a curated narrative. And trust me, there's one like Baskin Robbins, 31 flavors, except there's 31 million. Who, Whatever you think, you will find an outlet telling you that you're absolutely yeah. right. And you're the only one who's right. And everyone who doesn't agree with you is wrong. And we can all find that. It's completely insane. It's and bias so I confirmation, just, right? I quit. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yep. Yeah. I, I quit participating in it. So not getting sucked into the the drama that is mm-hmm. generated, you know, it's inherent in any kind of um, news or commentary or or whatever. You know, I don't, I, I say I don't watch television. What I mean is I don't watch broadcast television. I don't watch news shows. I don't watch talk shows. I don't listen to talk shows. You know, I will watch um, Netflix drama drama series and <laughs> Harry Potter, and we just finished watching Schitt's Creek, which is an amazing show. Oh. Wonderful. Oh, I don't even get me started. And, but that's different. You know, yeah, there's a message there, but I'm choosing it. Yeah. And I'm not, um, you know, it doesn't feel as manipulative. But anyway, the short end, not getting sucked into news drama. So non-resistance um, is easier for me to practice when I'm not getting sucked into the 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 tragedy or the um, you know the the urgent urgent. What you use that great phrase? Um, 
self-righteous indignation yes the self-righteous <laughs> indignation of the moment why do i know because, that phrase so well <laughs> and i was thinking it when you said it i was thinking it already i mean yeah. that in itself is a is an addiction so no i just say no to the self-righteous indignation whenever it comes up in me whenever possible i mean of course not it doesn't happen 100 percent but uh, not, you know, not watching news, which is an open invitation to that place. Uh, in fact, it's it's designed for that, in my opinion. Oh, goodness. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, when I was younger, well, I've always been a, a person of strong opinions. It's my personality. But when I was younger and I would hear people saying things that, you know, were at odds with my opinion, I... I mean, I guess I was raised to speak out and there's, it's not entirely bad, but you know, I was raised to speak up for what I believe in, et cetera, et cetera. But there's also this idea that like, you know, it's my job to come in and disabuse these people of their error opinions and, you know, offer them my alternate opinion as, a, as an alternative, you know? And so um, this non-resistance is like, it's not my job, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's not that there aren't times when we, you know, cause, cause people, this, this can get really tricky because people can say, well, what about, you know, you know, what about speaking up against injustice and, and, you know, like some of the things happening in our country right now, it doesn't mean that we don't stand up for what we believe in or that we don't speak out against um, inhumanity and injustice and things like that. It's just kind of this on the daily basis, you know, I have enough to do to just stay in my own lane. And frankly, if I'm getting out of my lane and getting into your lane, why do you think I'm doing that? Because I don't want to be in my lane. Being in my lane is maybe boring or uncomfortable or depending on what's being brought up in me could be painful um, and I don't want to look at it. I don't want to sit in it. I don't want to feel it. So I'm going to get myself in your lane because then I, it takes the heat off of me. Right. Yeah. So again, what's the payoff? What am I, what am I doing that for? You know, um, but just learning to, uh, you know, <laughs> realize that I have enough to deal with just managing my own self and my own life without worrying about what everyone else is doing. Now, this is something I learned in recovery. Okay, because I did not know this before, you know, that whole idea of like what other people think of me is none of my business. I was like, huh? Of course, <laughs> it's my business. You know, it's all my business to. Yeah, no, that that's something I still have to um, I still have to work on and be reminded of constantly that, you know, what's going on out there is for the most part, not my business. Now, again, I caveat that with, you know. It is my business to speak up when people are being hurt, animals are being hurt, children are being hurt, people are being treated unjustly. Yes, I do believe in standing up um, for those things. But um, on a daily basis, what you're doing, what you're doing on the road, you know, it's just none of my business and I just need to stay the heck out of it. And um, that, so we're talking about, you know, wanting to get to a life of peace. So it's basically, like you were saying, do I want to be right or do I want to be peaceful? Do I think I the be... decision there again is, can I change it? 
Because if I have no ability to change something, I need yeah. to just let it go. Yeah. Right? And and I agree with you. It's not like we're not saying that it, you can't have preferences. And right. I'm not saying that I can't take action. What I am saying is I don't want to be identified with those issues to the point where I think that, like, my well-being is tied to what that person is saying yeah. on the news, then I'm way in a bad place. Yeah. So, yes, of course, I vote in elections. I um, donate to causes that share my values. Um, if someone asks me, I may share my preference, whatever that is, but I don't get all wound up about it. I don't get all sucked into it. And again, the go-to decision may, uh, helper for me is the serenity prayer. You know, grant me the serenity to accept that which I cannot change. Exactly. You know, if some talking head, some public figure says something outrageous on TV, can I actually do anything about that <laughs> at all? Okay. If not, then it, sh it should bounce right off of me. Now, yeah. I might say, I'm going to increase my donation to this organization. Okay, well, right. that's an action I can take. Right. I'm going to write a letter to my senator. Okay, that's an action I can take. But if I'm not doing those things, and I think that just getting self-righteously indignant is doing something, now I'm in trouble. Yeah. Now, I'm, now I'm, I've identified with that upset. I yeah. think it's me. I can't tell the difference between me and the issue that's upsetting me. Yeah. That's where we get into trouble. So non-resistance means not trying to change things that I cannot change, but rather, yeah. like you opened with, accepting that which I cannot change. Yeah. Not as good, but as as it, it is. It is. Yeah. I didn't say it's good. I'm I'm accepting that. Yes, that's how it is. That's Acceptance how it is, right is now. not approval. No, that's what I had. It's to not learn acquiescence. Of. It's not approval. No, it's, it's not, not approval. Not. It's not support. It's nothing other than, yep, that is what's happening. It's letting go of the struggle. You know, it's like we can constantly be in struggle against everything. You know, there's so much that we could be in struggle against. But um, this is a this is a whole this this non-resistance. And, you know, we're team Jesus over here. So we got to bring him in. You know, this is one of the main things that he taught was, you know, this non-resistance as, as a way of living in peace and not living in the struggle all the time. So it's a way for me, and again, I learned this in recovery and in unity, letting life unfold rather than forcing life to be the way I want it to be. And the thing is, is I thought I had to get out there and make, I mean, it's the American way, right? Make my life, make, you know, make things be the way I want them to be and create my reality as if there were, you know, as if I was just existing all by myself in the universe and could just go and do whatever I want. Now I live life from a place of letting things unfold, just letting them be as they are and letting them come to me. Yeah. It's again, it's not being um, passive but it's an allowing rather than a forcing. And it's so much easier. But let's uh, hold that thought because it is time for a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. We hope that you'll stay with us.
Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We are glad you're with us today. We apparently have a lot to say on this topic today. If you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Dan Beckett. I'm here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. We're going to resume our discussion in just a moment, but we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Message us from there and let us know what's on your mind. Yes, please do. Well, prior to the break, we were discussing um, in the first segment that strife, that need to uh, express our opinions and feel like we're right all the time. And then we moved into talking about non-resistance and um, what that means to us. So now we're going to bring it all together and talk about how this spiritual practice of non-resistance has helped us move away from that strife into a life of more peace. You know, even on the break, we're talking about basically endless opportunities to get all upset about stuff in the world. And I was sharing, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't watch uh, television news or listen to talk shows or anything like that. Oh, there's still plenty of opportunities to get all wound up about stuff in the world. Yes. Um, So non-resistance to me, now we're talking about, so how do I put this into service, right? How does non-resistance help me stay out of that place? And and I always want to say, like, I think use the phrase, um, you know, think that we're right. Like, oh, I am right. That's not the question. (laughs) That's what my mind wants to go. It's like, okay, calm down, calm down. I mean, yes, I see things a certain way. Yes, I can go find some Facebook groups where everyone tells me I'm right and they're wrong and isn't it outrageous and it literally does not matter what my opinion is I can still find exactly the same uh, echo chamber right so that to me that's a clue um, but also I had you mentioned that we're team Jesus so I have a couple Sermon on the Mount quotes uh, written down in my notes in one is this is Matthew six thirty four, and the the section is traditionally titled "Do Not Worry," mm. right? And it ends so: "Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today." Yeah. What I take that to mean, with my unity lens, is the statement of the power of the present moment. You know, when I read today. I don't take that to mean the outrageous stuff on today's news, and I should just stay focused on being outrageous, outraged at that. <laughs> I take it to mean don't get all caught up in what might or might not be, could or could not be, what they are or are not doing. Just trust God and know that in this moment, all is well. And it, and it often is. I've shared before, I had a sponsor that would ask me, that question, when I got all worried about something, you'd say, do you have everything you need right yeah. now in this moment? And I always did, always, always did. And so that was a question that was designed to and very helpful in getting me in the here and now. So when I read that in Matthew 6, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about stuff that's not even here now. Yeah. Just keep your head 
right here and right now in the present moment. So that's one way that non-resistance helps me stay in peace is not getting all wound up about stuff. It's not even here. Absolutely. Don't borrow trouble. Right. And I love that today's trouble is enough for today. That's like I was saying, I have enough to deal with just managing my own day to day life without getting out there and what everybody else should be doing. And I love that you brought it back to one of the most spiritual principles we have both in unity and in 12 step recovery. And that is the now, you know, being one day at a time. This is a deeply spiritual principle that it's like the gift that keeps giving the more I, um, you know, I just keep unpacking it more and more. Uh, This idea of just being in what's happening right now. Um, Again, I learned this in recovery. I thought it was totally normal and a good thing to be always, you know, um, trying to get out in the future. What could happen? What might happen? What I was supposed to be making happen? Worrying about what was going to happen, trying to force certain things to happen. You know, this idea that I was in control of the whole universe and had to be constantly vigilant in order to make sure that the planets kept rotating around the sun, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, that's kind of the feeling. That's that feeling oh, yeah. that, you know, and it, and it seems like, oh, it's this powerful position, but it's not. Who wants to be responsible for the orbit of the planets? My God, I can barely be responsible for my own self and my own home, you know? So, um, I learned that in recovery. Thank God, you know, I learned that. Just do what's in front of you. The rest is going to sort itself out. You don't need to make the future happen. You don't need, again, it doesn't mean that we don't have certain preparations for the future or that we just live carelessly. That's sort of an extreme, you know, that's like an overuse of the principle. But it means that we just try and deal with what's in front of us and um, not be so worried about what's coming next or or also, which is just as much of a problem, what has just gone by, right? Because I can spend yeah. just as much time in the past as I can in the future. Yeah. And I spent, before I got into recovery and still sometimes, I, you know, I spent a lot of time just ruminating, ruminating, you know, going over and over Oh, geez, especially when I was, you know, drinking actively. It's like, what did I say? What did I do? You know, just that combing through the previous day and just, oh, it's just such a waste of time and energy, you know. And so I began to learn to live one day at a time. And um, it's a much better way to live. But it it is something that I have to, you know, all these years later have to still work on all the time, just coming back to what's happening right now. What can I do now? What is in front of me? Yeah, yeah. I'm remembering a, a phrase I learned in in the recovery circles that I love. Like many of them, it's very memorable. I need to keep my head where my feet are, right? Because my feet... <laughs> I can look at them. They're right here. Yeah. My feet are not tomorrow or yesterday. They're not across town. They're not here, there, whatever. My feet are right here and right now. I need to keep my head right here where my feet are, right here and right now. My feet are not in the future or the past. So if I can keep my head where my feet are and then do, quote, do the next right thing, that's all I need. And uh, the next right thing, you know, isn't, um, run for office and get elected in my local government, right? The next right thing is do the dishes. <laughs> Make a sandwich. Or or 
clean that one cup might yeah. be the next right thing to yeah. do. It's yeah. a, it's always like like I'm hearing you say, it's so screamingly obvious and simple. It's right there in front of me, but I can't see it. Why not? Because I'm off being yeah. indignant about what's going on in the world and solving the world's problems, which usually sound like they just need to, you know, yeah. do whatever yeah. I happen to be thinking in the moment. So yeah, non-resistance, keep my head where my feet are. Don't get all wound up in um, over there or them or you know, what, whatever it is that's trying to suck, use the word ruminating, what a perfect word for it. Whatever's trying to suck my attention, you know, my mind yeah. uh, into things. I used to think that if I don't worry about this, then it's not going to turn out well. It's like, yes, I, I, I need to worry about it every step of the way until it's resolved yeah. or else it's going to go really badly. Well, guess what? Yeah. It is going really badly because I'm worrying about it. It's taken me a long time to realize that in general, meaning almost all the time, things turn out so much better if I just stay out of trying to control them. Yes. Uh, better things happen than what I ever even could have imagined. And as I threw in right before the break, it is so much easier, so much easier to live to this way. way it's almost boring. Right? Yes, it's exactly. Almost, well, can again, I get outraged that. about something? Because I'm yeah, bored. Because I'm bored. Need to be outraged. <laughs> Need yep. something to do here. Need yeah. a little adrenaline yeah. hit. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking that um, this concept of living in the present moment and living one day at a time, um, it goes hand in hand with our evolving understanding of a higher power of the God of our understanding, because what allows us to let go of that need to worry about everything is this growing belief that God's got this right now. Does that mean everything's going to turn out the way I want? Absolutely not. But it means it's, it's a belief and it's, it's a little bit of mystery, but it's a belief that the universe is generally a good place to be and that we're not going to hell in a handbasket. There is a divine order. There is an upward progressive spiral to consciousness. Things are getting better and better. We are evolving towards more awareness, more love, more compassion, more union with God. And so that's my general view of what's happening in this universe. And as I get more and more grounded in that, and I can call that God's goodness too, it's a sure. basic belief that the universe is a good place to be. It's good to be human. It's good to be here. What we're all involved in here is good. God is good. I am good. So if I believe in that basic goodness, that's what allows me to let go of that need to worry about everything. You see what I'm saying? So it's not yes. like I just let go because someone told me let go because that's not going to work for very long unless I'm placing my faith my whole, you know, placing my whole life in the hands of something greater that I have come to believe in. Yeah. So really that's the key for me. And it's, and, and also another thing is just time doing this for a period of time and seeing that it works. You know, I stopped worrying so much about things and my life didn't come crumbling down. In fact, it actually got better. Yeah, that's exactly. The truth. And the more that happens, the more we see that it works, the more, we're able to, okay, this works. I, you know, I didn't worry about that thing and it turned out all right. Okay. So I don't have to worry about this next thing. So, you know, recovery builds on itself. The more we do these things and we see how well they work in our lives, the more we want to do them and the more we are able to do them. 
Yeah, I've had to learn to relax <laughs> in a broad sense. Yeah. You know, and uh, I don't mean just sit on the beach. I can certainly sit on the beach, but it's more of an internal thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and very much like you're describing, it's an approach to life. That says, you know what, things generally are going to work out well, and I don't need to worry about it. And if there is something I need to do, it I will know. It'll be. It's yeah. not like I'm not. It's not like I have to worry about it because I won't know what to do when the time comes. I will know what to do when the time comes, and I don't need to worry about it in order for that to be true. Right. Um, also, we haven't really talked about this much, but all this upset is comes down to perception. Right. Right. I, I'm perceiving something or some person in some way. And then I have all this drama um, when really I might, I was going to say might uh, very likely not perceiving everything that's going on. Yeah. I mean, I might be, I probably am just seeing a piece of it. And again, this is bringing me back to the Sermon on the Mount uh, in Matthew uh, chapter 7. The passage about first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Yeah. This the this is a subversive teaching. Yes, it is. Because if I actually do it, I will never get out of the first half of that sentence. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. First take the log out of your own eye. Yeah. That's all okay. That's I'll spend the rest of my life doing that. <laughs> and that's fine. I mean, the teaching requires the second part. I'm not saying it's a trick or it's a lie or anything. But, you know, f- first, uh, get your, get, I'll get my own life in order. When my life is completely perfect, well, then maybe yeah. I can have something to, I'll write a book about it. Right. So that everyone else can have a perfect life just like me too. Except that's ridiculous. That's never going to happen. Right. So uh, let me find my problem because it's almost always in the mirror. I might even say it's always in the mirror and it's always a perception problem. Yes. Yes, well, this is why Jesus is our way shower. You know, these teachings are so, they seem so simple, but they're so profound. And like you said, subversive and countercultural and really um, turn on its head everything that we think we know. And frankly, what our culture really teaches us, you know, our culture kind of teaches us that it's our business to be pulling specks out of everyone else's eye. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 take care of your own business first. It's also like the, you know, when the um, crowd, was stoning the woman and Jesus says you know whoever is without sin let him cast the first stone it's the same teaching just in a little bit different of a context right we got enough to manage just with our own stuff so I wanted to bring up another um, another part of this is that uh, and again I learned this in unity in in recovery um, when when I'm getting all wound up about something there's a reason why there's something that is triggering in me. And if I really want to grow spiritually, I've got to take some time to look at, okay, what I'm not just getting upset for the heck of it. What is it that it's triggering in me? Why are, why are these people upsetting me so much? Um, you know, why, why am I getting all indignant about this thing? And it might take me some time to figure out what that thing is. But basically, you know, what we teach in unity is that it's an inside job. So if I'm getting upset, it's something that is being touched in me that needs healing. 
Yes. It's not that those people out there need to change. And they probably do, but they're not gonna. And they're not gonna because I said they needed to. So I can't fix them. I can only work on myself. And I don't like, I don't want to say fix myself because I don't need fixing. I need healing. So yeah, what is, what is being touched in me that needs healing? And then my new approach to this is having some compassion for myself and spending some time, some quiet moments sitting with myself and, and just going, wow, that is really upsetting you. What is that? What is that thing in there that's getting triggered? you know, and, and attention it, giving it some loving attention. And maybe it's something I need to talk to someone about. Maybe I need to work with a therapist. Maybe I need to talk to my sponsor or my um, minister or whatever it is, you know, but um, using it as a teaching moment, like the book that I'm always bringing up, um, you know, the um, eye of the storm, life is, the universe is pointing out to me where my next assignment is. If it wasn't my next assignment, it wouldn't be coming up. Yeah. I wouldn't be getting upset about it. So it's yeah. like I'm being handed my next assignment. Okay, this is this thing in you that you're going to need to give it some attention. You're going to need to give it some, some time and some compassion and some healing work around it. And then the next time, it won't be such a trigger. That trigger yeah. will be reduced a little bit. So it's an opportunity instead of going, oh, God, there's that thing in me again. You know, it's an opportunity for me to say, oh, OK, this is in me. This is in me and I need to attention it. Yeah, it's showing up for healing. I've yes. come to realize that I am the source of my trouble. And again, I'm not saying that I cause everything that happens around me or to me to happen. I'm not saying that. Right. I'm saying it's my, uh, I get to respond to what happens. So the trouble is in my response, right? Uh, I'm the source of my trouble and focusing outside on something or inevitably someone else just postpones that healing opportunity because it ain't going to happen as long as I'm finger pointing exactly. at somebody else, right? I have to recognize that um, the only thing I have any control over is my own consciousness, and even that takes practice. <laughs> yeah. um, and, I, you know, I heard a, a guy say once, and I've said this a lot since, you know, how are you doing, uh, Dan? Uh, I'm fine. I don't have any problems that I didn't create. Mm -hmm. Like, dang, that is true. I don't have any problems that I didn't create. That doesn't yeah. mean that somebody didn't, you know, dent my car yesterday. The car is not the problem. The problem is my response yeah. to the car. I can be perfectly calm, cool, and collected with a dent in my car, or I can lose my mind over how irresponsible people are. Blah, 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 blah. Right. You know how and the goes. dent is still going to be there. And the dent is still there. I can call my insurance company all wound up, or I could call them as cool as can be. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Everything that needs to get done will get done. It's am I going to suffer every step of the way, or am I going to allow it to be okay yeah. every step of the way? And uh, I'm still practicing. You know, I'm not, again, we say this a lot. I think it's important. I'm not saying this because I've conquered this and I'm done with it. That's not true at all. I'm right in the middle of it, just yep. like uh, the rest of us are. Um, but viewing those things, like you said, like the eye of the storm teaches, uh, viewing those things as opportunities. 
and at least recognizing, all right, I'm really upset because of what that person said or did, and I can still feel upset. That can be very apparent to me. And at the same time, I can acknowledge there is something in me that's reacting very strongly to this. That doesn't make them okay. It has like nothing to do with them. Yeah. But eventually, I need to let go of what they are or are not doing and focus my attention on what is happening within me. Because that's the only, literally the only chance I have for serenity. Right. right. Yeah, you know, if you're a recovery person and you're, you know, currently engaged in the steps, if you happen to be doing your fourth step or it's looming on the horizon, think of it this way. The universe is basically doing your fourth step for you. They're pointing out what you need to put down, you know. It's like every time you get upset or self-righteous or, you know, that outrage, it's like the universe is going, write this down, write this down. You know, it's it's showing you. It's telling you what needs to go on that fourth step. And again, not thinking of these, I mean, we do call them defects of character, but think I like to think of them as places that need to be healed. Yeah. That's been my experience. So I know we're running out of time, but I have to take this opportunity to give a plug for meditation and mindfulness practice because please do yeah yeah this is and it does not have to be anything complicated you don't have to dedicate hours and hours a day you don't have to take any special class or sit on a special cushion or listen to a special app all you need to do is take at least five minutes each day to sit quietly and practice being in the present moment that's really what it's about and mindfulness just means knowing you know being aware of what's happening I'm sitting here in this chair I'm having these feelings a fly is buzzing around my cat is sitting on my lap this is what's happening and practice just being in that moment and just accepting whatever is coming up in that moment if feelings come up or fears or anxieties yes this is this is present this is what's happening right now awareness almost a better word than mindfulness yeah awareness Awareness. because that's really what you're saying is just Mm -hmm. be aware Mm-hmm. And let that be enough. And I guarantee it will change your life. Yes. I'm with you on that. Double thumbs up here. Okay, so we have had a whole lot to say about this topic, as we often do. So let's step way back, if we can, and see if we can find some kind of concise way to sum it all up. So, Reverend Michelle, right. uh, if someone came to you and said something like, the craziness of this world is really getting to me, how can I experience peace in my life, what would be like your one minute response? Well, so in order to not repeat what we've already said, because I think we've pretty much answered this question in many ways, go and spend some time in nature. You know, you don't have to go hiking or anything if that's not your thing, but go and sit on a park bench and just practice some mindfulness. Just watch how the birds are flitting around from branch to branch. Watch how a bee is buzzing around or, you know, just sort of observe what's happening in the natural world. Um, It can be very, very calming and really helps me get that perspective back that look at, look at this, the world is all going on without my intervention. Isn't that something? You know, it's all just going on and it's all hanging in this beautiful, mysterious balance and things are unfolding just as they should. I find tremendous peace in that. So perhaps that may work for you too. just observing what's happening around and just seeing the beauty and the grace in uh, in this creation that we live in. Yeah, I like that. If, If I had to give one tool. Uh, and, and this is because this is what helped me 
a great deal in the beginning, it would be the serenity prayer. Mm. You know, just kind of, even if just repeating it in a time of stress, um, not expecting things to change, but it's like, hey, you know, everything else I've tried didn't work. Let me do this for a while. Yeah. See what happens. You know, but but in general, it's it's to simply follow recovery program principles. You know, pick up the phone and call your sponsor. If you don't have a sponsor, get one so that you can pick up the phone and call. Get a <laughs> list of phone numbers of other group members. You don't have a group, go get a group. Yeah. You know, it's all this, it's, it's recovery 101 right. stuff that it's not enough to just read it and say, oh, yeah, I can see how that would be helpful. Oh, you mean I actually have to do it? Yes, <laughs> I actually have to do it. Yep. Yes. Well, we have an affirmation for you today that you can use to solidify these ideas in your consciousness, which is what affirmations do. And so our affirmation today is this. Trusting divine order, I accept what is, and I live my life on life's terms. I love that life's terms phrase. We could have gone on about that. Trusting, trusting divine order, I accept what is, and I live my life on life's terms terms yes accepting what is so simple yet so difficult to do well it has happened again you've given yourself the gift of another hour listening to spirit of recovery and we are grateful Uh, we're here so that you can hopefully find something in all that has been shared all this jabbering that we've been doing today that will be helpful to you in your recovery. That's the whole point. Thank you, Reverend Michelle, for our discussion. And thank you to all who are listening to the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We bless you wherever you may be on your own recovery journey. And listeners, as always, you can connect with us throughout the week on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. We invite you to give us your comments and feedback, and we invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. And until then, don't drink like my co-host. And whatever you do, don't drink like my co-host. God help you. And instead, (laughs) have yourself a wonder-filled week. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.